1: And welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk about, well, toys, pop culture and everything awesome. G'day, it's producer Scott here in the driver's seat for episode 316. Shout out to all the Stone Cold fans. Joining me in the Toy Power podcast studio this evening is Benjamin. G'day, g'day. And our favourite Canadian all the way from Ottawa, our guest star this evening... It is Colin Betts. Welcome, Colin. Woo. Hello, hello. How are you, mate? How's things going? Think
2: things are good. Things are not on fire, so we're we're happy.
3: Yes, that is good. That is reassuring that you're not part of the fire and the, the uh, smoke isn't uh, too bad. It's all flowing over to the America side, not sort of bypassing your uh, street.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's nice to finally send something bad down their way as opposed to the reverse. Yeah, yeah.
1: Nice one. Nice one. <laughs> Alrighty, so this episode is well it's driven by me and it's driven by Colin. We're gonna talk about one of our favorite topics. This is all about the Marvel Toy Biz 90s toys. Colin, how excited are you to be talking about this?
2: I love talking about Toy Biz. I, I think they're under um they're underappreciated for what they were at the time and what they remain.
3: Yep, yep. So this is pre-Marvel Legends Toy Biz,
1: correct? This is the catalyst yeah. for what eventually becomes.
3: So was there much in between uh, the, what was it, um, Suit not superheroes, what was the 80s version? Um, the Secret had, Wars. You
2: had uh, superpowers, uh, yeah. from uh, Kenner. Yes, that and was on DC. The, on the Marvel side, yep. you had, uh, yeah, I've got that right, uh, and... Um, uh Secret Wars Yes. Uh, so, was,
3: Secret was Wars was happened. 80s yeah Mattel and then there was a bit of a gap and then we had right. Toy Biz Toy Biz started in the early 90s was it 92 or something
2: Uh it started in
3: 1990 1990
2: um, that oh started, wow okay Started weirdly so like Toy Biz started as a as a, a company out of Montreal Quebec uh that made uh children's goods in the the 19th century. Uh, fast forward into the 1960s, it gets inherited by one of the uh, owner's um, uh, grandkids. Uh, he decides that he's going to use it to to leverage a bunch of other business opportunities. Yada yada yada. Get into the the the, the 1980s, and it he it, it sells it off to Ike Perlman, that that infamous uh, investor in in Marvel.
3: Right. And, okay. Boy,
2: yep. comes into what we know it as today in in 1990, and they had two lines at the time. Three lines, actually. Um, they had a line of of uh, DC characters, which yes. were very reminiscent of the uh, superpowers. superpowers. Yeah. If superpowers had been done on the cheap.
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, because like characters like Superman and things, instead of having the uh, punching effect, he had like a kryptonite. Uh, magnetic Batman. effect yeah. and things mm. like that. Yeah, that's right. And they also did uh, tie-ins with the '89 Batman film.
2: That's yeah. the se- that's the second big run. So yeah. you've got Batman, you've got Joker, and you've got Bob the Goon. Yes, but you've got the tremendous Batmobile. You've got the Batwing. You've yeah. got a really decent Batcave. Yep. um In the early years, I think they did a better job on the vehicles than they did the figures. Uh, and then the third one was almost an afterthought. It's like there's like eight characters on the on the Marvel side. You've got a Daredevil, you've got a Cap, obviously a Spider Man, but a Punisher, uh, Doc Ock, Doctor Doom, uh, a couple other ones as well. Uh, and so they they sort of did that. And and the first Toy Biz catalog, which I which I have, is sixteen pages. It's it's stapled together. It's smaller than a, a scribbler. Um, <laughs> by the time you're getting into 1994, you're getting into something like 96 pages it's it's um uh ring bound because it's so thick yeah like, wow and they've expanded into other things uh like other lines but half the half of their stuff in 94 is is marvel and they they ditched DC after 91 yep um and they acquire the marvel master license in 94 and that's when you see just a a, a, a just an enormous amount of of figures coming out
3: um was there anyone particular like you know a lot of the toy biz later on be pre-marvel legends was all spider-man it was spider-man first and then it became marvel legends and a conglomerate uh you know introduction of all other characters was it any any particular character to start off with or was it just a bit of an avengers ensemble and associated bad guys and things
2: Really, really interesting. Um, they they took their properties and I think smart smartly um, adapted them around the cartoons at the time. So right. your first big bang in 94 is X-Men. Yes. And there were 11 waves of X-Men and X-Men. <laughs> 11 waves. Wow. 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 And to put that in perspective, you've got seven figures in a wave. You've got yeah. 11 of them themselves. That's like... Uh, I 71 figures because a few of them had like waves of six and 1994 so that is almost 30 years ago there are still figures we we haven't got in any other form you've got maverick you've got random you've got i don't think there's a black tom yet uh comcast like um even somebody like long shot yeah, yeah that was actually the first toy Biz figure that i ever bought and I and I bought them to repaint into Alan Scott Green Lantern. Oh wow! Um, uh, we only got a decent long shot two years ago in the Marvel Legends line. So um, it 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 they go pretty deep, pretty fast because they've got that range. Um, and in that first year, it's it's not like now where you know you put out a wave of of characters and there's you know five Spider-Man and a villain or. Or eighteen Batman and 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 two villains. Yeah, uh, there were five Cable in that line. There were five, five uh, like variants of
3: Cable. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, five variants of Cable. Five variants of Wolverine. But everything else was like individual characters: Nightcrawler, Apocalypse, uh, Archangel, yep. uh,
1: Cyclops. A lot of variety. Jedi. yeah Yeah.
3: and and what drove like obviously wolverine's a staple a grade character but why cable you know was that you know was he having a certain you know story arc that was getting exciting at that time or was he on one of the tv shows or something you know why was he or was he a new character i'm not i'm not that versed but i'm yeah, just yeah, it's, wondering.
2: It's interesting. You can really sort of tell what was going on in the uh, in the industry at the time because that's also the time when we're about maybe four years out from Image being founded. Yes. Um, Rob Liefeld has created or co-created uh, Cable and Deadpool. Ironically, yes. there's not any Deadpool in that first what? that first that that first push, or at least that I didn't see.
3: There, there was and there there, there is. There is a fairly early Deadpool, but I don't know who made him.
2: I don't think it's in. I don't think it's in ninety four. I have to. Check no, no, right
3: no. Here. Probably not ninety four, but, but it's 94. it'd be maybe 95, 96, I reckon at the latest, yeah, yeah or earliest. Yeah, he, or, yeah. Wasn't,
2: he wasn't heavily marketed in the same way, but Cable was a was a big draw. Yep. He was the leader of X Force. They had a number of X Force waves, and so he was there. So that was that's, and I, and I I think in terms of catalogs now, so. First nineteen pages of this catalog. So basically, twenty percent of the catalog is X Men, wow. and wow. and it's not just five inch characters. If yeah. They they run the gauntlet. Um, I, I, we could spend twenty five hours just talking about the, the various scales.
3: Yeah cuz I remember they did the 12 inch scales with the real cloth like jacket. so like Rogue and things has the cloth jacket um Cyclops has yeah, the cloth jacket
2: and, yeah. and some of them are I have the I have the Ghost Rider figure right you can um, I I actually really like it although it's a little stiff in terms of a, a 12 inch figure but uh so it's Danny Katz, and it's basically a Rubberized uh, skull, flaming skull. Oh, man! You put over his his helmet. Wow! So he's got clothes. You put on the jacket with the spikes, and then you put on this this head. And, and how does
3: that hold up in today? Like, de- degrade? Does it degrade at all, or is it still in good nick, or is it just depend on how it's been preserved? And
2: this this is the trouble with with where we are now in this this you know you look around and anything you want can either be three D printed or kickstarted or indie released or mainline released. A lot of that stuff just sits in a box. So I know where it is, but I, I don't know how to Of it course, yep, up.
3: because I've seen but, some yeah. um, loose v- figures with the uh, apparel, you know, jackets and things, and they are in bad condition. Like yeah. you touch it and they just almost disintegrate. So I was just wondering something like a mask that you can take on and off that's rubber, uh, you know, maybe another 10 years and it'll just be dust so but that's just my you know i'm just comparing it to masters and things like that that like the rubber fright zone puppet and things that's you know yeah
2: i, I have a i have a buddy who took those uh the, remember the the transformer decoys from yes and seven yep uh, he put those in a certain kind of plastic bag and he put them in storage for a couple of years he dragged them out and he had dust
3: wow had just, yeah people great. say don't use ziploc bags i'm i'm a devil for using putting everything in ziplock bags but yeah people say don't use them because they they it it, reaction yeah, that I don't understand. it, yeah. it speeds up the um, degrading process but anyway yeah.
1: so well, Colin what um, I'd like to do is is maybe give our listeners a bit of a rundown of what a basic toy line of any one of the the, the titular characters would have so let's talk about uh your basic blister size figure what that was all about and then sort of the larger figures and any vehicles that you would have got in an, in a typical wave
2: sure sure so like i said they started with x-men uh spider-man was a big draw it's only in 95 that they get into sort of sublines, and again they're all molded around the cartoons and then in, in so what, what sort of
1: size are the figures we're talking about
2: so they're five inch figures. Um that, that that was the bread and butter, right? You yep. had you had uh projectors, you had a few six inch characters, you had 10 inch, which I, I love and I want to talk about separately. Yep. Uh, you eventually get into the 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 eight inch cloth suit, um uh, Migo's uh, inspired uh famous covers. They even had some 15 inch ones, but their bread and butter were five inch carded. Figures and in the beginning, on
3: a blister pack uh, or blister card, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, yep.
2: just, it was a blister card, um, English or English and French in Canada, uh, unique card art on the front, yep, uh, for most part. Uh, there's a few exceptions there, and as and as the line goes on, that uniqueness sort of goes away, they go with sort of a, a generic, yeah, one, yep. yeah, generic, right,
3: and, and how the much. How much? Sorry. How much articulation have, has the average figure got? Like, are we talking five points, or are we talking uh, elbow joints, or knees? No, or? Uh,
2: not as much as today's, uh, and then, and certainly, certainly not double elbow, double knee. But you had, uh,
1: you had. Um, yeah, it kind of chopped and changed knees, a bit, didn't it? Like, Depending on elbows, the character. Yeah. yeah. A lot, yeah, a lot of the that's figures that's I've got basic five point articulation yeah, yeah. and the odd one comes with knee articulation as well cool okay yeah yeah <clears throat> yep.
2: well, most most of the later ones had knee and an elbow and I'm am I'm a fan of not going overboard one of the one of the things toy biz is, is infamous for is they put out a spider-man around 20 2010 20, 2009 and it's the most articulate Spider-Man <laughs> ever. And all yep. the fingers are articulate yep. and he's like double jointed toes and nobody cares.
3: No. And, and good luck trying to make him stand now, but he'd just yeah. be a, a flop on yeah, the, the, articulation uh, gets loose yeah. after a while. I That's what the play. So I think so that was a real, shows. that was a real test for the market. What do What does the consumer want? Do they want these super, super duper poseable figures? And how much articulation can we put into the figure before it just becomes a pile of mess on the ground? Uh, And that was a real good test as Spider-Man to get him in those crazy poses. But um, yeah, they they'd certainly hit that too much as, as excessive amount, and dialed it back, and uh, still, you know, to this day, like the Todd Father can get rid of toy articulation tomorrow for a like air because it's a wasted uh, articulation point. So, mm.
2: one of the great things about toy biz is is how it situates itself with regards to every other action figure at the time. So, so first of all, two two big things. One is that if you are if you are under 30 you don't remember a time when the shelves weren't jam packed with dc marvel whatever superheroes were coming out um as a kid of the 80s um it was it was like crickets right like you had maybe 50 superheroes in superpowers and secret yep. wars it yep. was it yeah. and they were all concentrated around 84 85 86 but this this um amazing time of having all these different characters and all these colors uh, was was beyond you've got uh from Kenner you've got uh, competition from Batman the animated series yep um, but a lot of those toy lines were moving into the um stylized almost statue kind of yes. yep. of uh, figures i mean masters did it when they when they ran out of steam with um with
3: uh, 2000X. uh yep, yep.
2: Um, McFarlane we
3: to... those early run McFarlane, yeah. McFarlane, McFarlane movie McFarlane maniacs figures. Yeah, yep, yep.
2: Yeah, you had these figures that they couldn't, you know, couldn't top what you had Total Justice, yep, where, where just statues. Um uh, you had G.I. Joe Extreme, which was again you take the most articulate action figure and you dumb it down to a five POA, again just statues. So and then you've got toy biz where you've got you know ten to 12, ten to sixteen points of articulation, whole bunch of really great. I they had great accessories as characters. Mm. Everybody had a little gimmick. Um, nice, yes. You know, it might be a spinning arm. It might be a, 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 a firing mechanism. Yep. Sometimes I think there's a few that he, yes, there's a there's a whole line that has like a spark action, right? Like you, you pull a cord and spark. Yep, like Captain America um electro there was a line of five from the spider-man side so uh, i think around 97 um 95 comes out so we've got x-men spider-man and a few more. so just
3: just yeah, just Spider-Man. pause for a sec there colin like what so you've told us a fantastic history and things on this line but what did it mean to you what were you what was your headspace and collecting like were you buying it you Know off the pegs there and then, or is this a, a toy line that you've gone back and recollected because you missed out on it? You know, in that, uh, a little
2: of both.
3: yep, okay, a little
2: of both, right? So, um, in the early part of the 2000s, I I had a job, I, I had some solid income yes. coming yep. in, and toy videos were still on the shelves. And there were a couple of lines that really spoke to me, and they were pretty inexpensive to get. Uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, was one Scotty and I talk about that a lot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the pinnacle line of of toy biz, and it's because unlike uh, the other the other big one that I collect is Iron Man, but you'll see the difference in a second. Fantastic Four had a little more than twenty figures in it, right? Yep, and they they were all unique sculpts. Mm-hmm. They all had a function. And there were not a bunch of uh, repeats of the same character, right? Yep. And they were all the same scale, the all the same aesthetic. They they look perfect on a shelf. And I started buying them on card, and so I have a wall downstairs of just just the Fantastic Four out.
3: Beautiful. Uh, and and did they have a because you've talked about uh, cartoons? Was there a Fantastic Four cartoon to correspond with this, you know, shift there was, in um, the there subcategory? Was and,
2: there was, and it and it's on Disney Plus. Um, for the longest time, the only way you could get it was out of the United Kingdom on a Region Two DVD. But uh, Disney Plus has it now. I, I admit, I, I haven't seen it. Right, oh. and the same with the Iron Man. It's just <laughs> those, the packaging was so good. Yes, right. Mm. And 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 if you 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 know uh, they did a recent wave of the Fantastic Four and the High Evolutionary and Psychoman.
1: Yep. Yes.
2: That's that's what the toy biz look yeah, like. Yeah, because like, they've got a bit
1: of yep.
3: glitter, didn't they, in the four symbol? Is that right? Yeah, there is yes. definitely some lenticular yeah. action yeah. going yeah. on yeah. in that so card. I, I, very eye catching. I mean, you've already talked about how colourful the toy biz line was in general, but then you add a bit of lenticular and glitter. It, it in had flair and and Pizazz. how can you how can you walk past that in you know, a yeah, toy
1: aisle? You can't. No. And what about you,
3: Scotty? Were you buying these from the pegs back in the day or
1: no? I was. Um interested in other things at that point of my right, life. Right. But I I do recall
3: In between Star Wars uh, yeah. and uh, yeah. R- right between the,
1: <laughs> the lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I do actually recall going through a Toys R Us, uh, a Johnny's, and they were on the shelves. Yeah. They were they were most certainly there. And I do recall seeing, you know, Fantastic Four and X-Men figures there. And they were pretty cool. They were nice. Uh but my my gravitation back then was Power of the Force, that was the the shiny toy on the shelf that had all my attention at that point in time. Mm. But it's super exciting to have been able to rediscover them at this point in my life, fall in love with them and so readily and easily be able to uh, acquire Acquire them. Yeah, because they they don't
3: go for that much, do they, like? The general consensus:
1: if you if you pick a, if you pick the right line, you can yeah. get them for the right price. There are certainly yep. key figures, of course, of course, definitely in yeah. the X Men line yep. that are a little more pricey. Yep. Or people think they're more yep. pricey than they should be. More availability,
2: right? Like it, yeah. it, it's a line that people don't have a lot of nostalgia for for some reason. Like you, you can find them loose, but trying to find them on card, it's not that they're expensive; it's just they're not there.
3: Right. Um, right.
2: There's, so I get into Iron Man for a second. So Iron Man had four waves from three waves in 1995 and a fourth wave in 1996. There was supposed to be a fifth wave. Um, it all got repurposed back into X-Men and, and Spider-Man figures. Um, but uh, it wasn't quite as good as the Fantastic Four because it was Iron Man heavy.
3: Uh, it was a lot different of suits and of things, stained- wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was a lot of repaints of yeah. the same yep. figure with different armor bits. Yep, uh, but it still had amazing characters like U.S. Agent and uh, Spider Woman,
1: the Mandarin. Moodle-ock. Yeah.
2: Moodle-ock. Moodle-ock.
3: Moodle-ock. Mm. Now so, I've heard that uh, the Iron Man toy line, that one that you toyed from Tobey, is used up all the vac metal, and now that's why <laughs> today's toy lines don't have any uh, think vac metal because uh, yeah. yeah, is that true? Well, I mean,
2: and they did other things too, right? Like uh, it wasn't just that they came out on their their Iron Man or their their Fantastic Four cards. They were house brands, so you could get a something called Marvel Universe, which was basically a stock card, um, and and it was just uh, you know we had an extra one of these. We're going to put it out as the house brand. Right. And so they're all in the place. So if you're a variant collector of of mint and card uh, figures, it's it's great. There's a couple of ones where um, Kmart two packs. Oh yes. Uh, yep. Some of the some of them are um, you know some of them are slightly unique some of them are, are less so there's a Marvel Universe War Machine two where the only difference completely back metal it's a beautiful figure uh, but they've got uh, they've got a removable helmet for Roddy so right.
3: uh,
2: you know yeah. stuff like that
3: I think it's uh, vehicle, very in, I think it's vehicle, really just, just before you go, yeah, on, go I, on I just want
2: to mention yep. about the vehicles um, again there were a few vehicles Fant- uh, Fantastic Four had the most amazing, fantastic car that you've ever seen uh, that was completely modular. Uh, and obviously there was Galactus in there, 14 mm. inches. in the top. Yep. Um, and then on the Iron Man line, uh, there was an unreleased, uh, transforming Tony Stark car. It um, was supposed to come with Tony Stark. Uh, I'll have to flip you a couple of pictures of it. Um, it's okay. Uh, I can see why they they dropped it. Uh, but what's really amazing is they've got the three dragons, including Finn Fang Fong. Oh wow! And they are really good, and the silver and the gold ones, whose name I can't remember, are all vac metal, gold, and, and silver. And yeah, just, just, just wow!
3: Because isn't Dragon Man is Dragon Man's part of the toy line, isn't it? And then uh, the yeah, Marvel he's le- part
2: of uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah, yes,
3: yeah. yeah. Um, I, I find it really fascinating because I can pretty much name several toy lines released in 82 right up to sort of 94. And then 94 to sort of 2000, I go blank. Like I struggle to think what even came out in between those years. I mean, yes, you've got Total Justice, you've got the odd Iron Man and things, but there wasn't much else happening in the toy aisle to support uh, people going to the toy aisle to buy other things, you know. So I find it fascinating that um, you know, to hear that this toy line potentially struggled and things and it, you know, it all, almost owned the market, but at the same time, you almost need other toy lines and things to draw customers in, you know, to, to to shop in the toy line full stop. Would you agree with that or
2: what one of the challenges with you're sort of in the same situation that I'm in. You're 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 a little younger than I am. Yep take full advantage of that. <laughs> um but like there's a period in there when you're we're you're, you're at university, you're starting out in in the um uh in the world in the yep. maybe you're starting your family um and you're you're not as focused on the toy stuff. You come back to it afterwards. Yes. And so we have this tendency to look back and be like, "Well, I can't think of anything there." It's not that there wasn't toys. There were tons of toys in the 90s. I just wasn't going to Toys R Us every week or or Walmart or, or Target or Kmart or whatever to, to, to see them. So, I mean, I, I don't think of a lot of toys in, in the 90s, but we obviously had so much coming out of Todd McFarlane. Yep. We had, like I said, Toy Biz. Uh, we had Power of the Force. Yep. We
3: had Toxic Crusaders, all, everything from Bruce Ninja Turtles. Force. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But this is exactly. all Street exactly. Sharks. And this is also a time where... The console explosion oh, begins. Couldn't PlayStation, agree more. Nintendo, yeah. Sega, yeah. Uh, yeah. gobbling And, out and the it toys wasn't just off the shelf.
3: It wasn't just first release consoles. It was next gen Super NES, and then coming after that, you know, hey, here's the 64. Yep. You know, save your money up. This is going to cost you four, five hundred bucks. Yep. Uh, you know, hey, you've got no pocket money for toys. It's either buy the hundred dollar video game or uh, you know, spend twenty bucks on a toy, and it's like, well, I kind of want that video game. You know, mm. uh, I kind of want to be in the social chats and things and um, relationships with my friends that are playing video games. So therefore, I'm going to also buy video games. You know, yeah. um, it, it's a it was really also, it was good
2: also uh, the time of the toy fair. Uh, it was the time of uh, oh, yes, the magazine,
3: right. right? Yep.
2: Walmart. Uh, the speculator market was growing, as you know, with like the multiple versions of Boba Fett, for example. Yes. Like, yep. Um, you know, uh, S- Star Trek from uh, Palette um, uh, Playmates. Pal-
3: yes. 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 Yep. Yep. Good that was, call. That was
2: another huge line. Simpsons was was huge. Yeah. Uh, they were everywhere. Um, I I often look at it as sort of like toys as antiques. Okay. Yep. And in order for antiques to go up in value, there can't be as many of them, right? Yes. So. You look at comic books, anything before 65 tends to have some value and anything afterwards doesn't tend to because people started realising that they could have value.
3: But so also keep- the, also the distribution. Like we, you know, pre-70s, what 70s, we barely got any comics whatsoever over here in Australia. So to get yeah. anything pre-70s here in Australia is very hard to get because we simply didn't get it. and therefore distribution wise across the world, it wouldn't have been as much. so hmm.
2: yeah, and you have a lot of you have a lot of um, uh, in um, in country distribution. yes. so like unlike now where where a Hasbro or a Mattel can have their headquarters in the United States and they have branch plants in whatever country that that's going on, um, a lot of them would just sell the license, right? So in uh, in Japan, it was Takara that that released um, their figures, oh, not no. the same qu- quantity. Yes, but there there that was in the market. In in Canada, there was a a distributor called um, Grand Toy, uh, not to be confused with Grand Antoy, which is a which is an office uh, supply store. Uh, and they they were running from the nineteen seventies, Yeah. And they would go right through and. They released microdots up here, and they they were they had the license for um, for toy biz.
3: Yeah, so. wow, crazy.
1: Now, now, Colin, I would like to circle back to the card art we were speaking about, and we spoke about how important it is to have eye-catching artwork on the front of the package to draw people's attention. But, mate, how awesome was it to be able to turn the card around, and then you get not only all the other figures available in that particular wave that you're collecting. But listed sort of directly below is a set of pictures advertising another line of Toy Biz Marvel to collect. So my Fantastic Fours, you'd see your Fantastic Four wave and and a Doctor Doom. And directly underneath, you see advertisements for uh, Iron Man figures. And it's kind of like, oh, they look really awesome. Maybe I'll go and have a bit of a look at those. That cross-branded... Uh, into promotional advertising on the back of those cards, to me, that is just as important as the actual card art itself on the front of the on the front of the packaging. What What are your thoughts?
2: It, it's one of those things that I grew up with as a Transformer fan and as a GI Joe fan was that that uh, that cross sell. Every time you bought a, a vehicle in either of those lines, uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't a box, it came with a little pamphlet. It did. Here's what's coming up for the year. And if it was carded, a lot of time, G.I. Joe certainly had, here's everything that's come in the last two years in terms of figures. Um, And so it was amazing. It wasn't as in-depth as that, but at least you were getting a sense of that. Um, At a a time when, like Kenner, for example, had decided they were going to move to a small brochure, which would have a a little section for, say, aliens and and GI Joe and Batman, all in the same little fold-up pamphlet, yep. pamphlet. That just didn't scratch that itch.
3: Well, but, did did that pamphlet come with action figures or just play sets and larger vehicles? Because they just therefore, came with play sets. Yeah, and, so and, therefore and, you're cutting half your market out. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's ingenious uh, cross merchandising. Um, yeah, well done. I also want to touch yeah. on like. You know, you've talked about the cross merchandising of the um, action figures and things, but was there many much cross merchandising of the uh, comic book storylines and things? Because we all know '90s uh, comic book storylines and things, and and the comics books in general was a terrible time for comics and and things. But were there any big moments in comic book history that were being you know released and then uh, you know related to in as toys as well or?
2: so just on toy biz and they did two different things um the the first one was they would randomly come up with things like uh greatest moments yes. right so you yep. get this pack of uh cyclops and 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 phoenix uh getting married and completely inspired by it. or they they did a line called the silver age which was four characters and you got a you know a certain version of spider-man or 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 whatever there's a uh, a master of kung fu in in that line with a cloth uh, suit who's who's amazing. There were a couple of lines that were specifically comic book based. The the, the best example of that is uh, Ghost Rider, uh, yep, yep. which was running in tandem with Fantastic Four and Iron Man. There were two waves of figures, so eleven eleven carded figures. But what was amazing about it is it was it was all around Spirits of Vengeance, that big crossover. Where they were trying to expand a, a, a Ghost Rider universe. Um, and they went all in, they had little corded um uh motorcycles for Ghost Rider, um uh, Johnny Blaze and Vengeance with the cord where it rips across the floor yep. and the to awesome. basically molded onto the on, on the motorcycle. Those were all uh carded figures, but you get a box set of the three same three characters slight repaints uh like johnny blaze is in a red jacket instead of a blue jacket these beautiful unique uh motorcycles probably the best vehicles in the line um and they were going to do some play sets but they were just like they're just not enough for us to to go down yeah and 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 like every other line what they would do is forgive me because this is the divergence yeah they would do 10-inch figures so what they would do is when they were in this in the factory or sorry, in, in production, they would sculpt at a 10-inch scale. Yeah,
3: so they get all that yeah. intricate detail. Yep, yep.
2: And then they'd shrink it and you get your five-inch figures out there. But they would keep those molds and then they would just do a one-for-one one release of those molds. So oftentimes you got the exact same figure that, that you were getting as five inches in a 10-inch scale same articulation pretty much the same sculpt just amazing yeah. Like just amazing and, and so ghost rider had yeah. ghost rider blaze um uh, vengeance uh there were five in the iron man line there were five in the fantastic four line uh there was a um a, a flame on human torch there was just a, a plain johnny storm who gets reused as a peter parker uh later on there's a thing there's a doctor doom yep um Somebody uh Silver Surfer. Yep. Uh and then and then those molds, they just started um repainting. So Silver Surfer became Daredevil. Daredevil became classic Daredevil. <laughs> right. Uh, yep. Gambit became Punisher, right? Like just and like it's it it takes up a ton of space, but they are they are just the best figures because they're they're again, they they look like what you had. And they're just they're just blown jumbo out. size,
3: yeah. So are they your preferred sort of line to collect, your scale and everything, or
2: yeah, yep. I, I, more of it? One of these things where I, I I feel like that line hasn't been appreciated as much. I've, right. I've always wanted to do uh, justice for it by you know putting up some sort of uh, you know collector's guide online or something yeah. where you get yep. to see all the different ones. Um, Toy has got a little silly at the end um bc talk and i talked about this at one point um they're they're you know they they went heavy into spider-man um towards the end Obviously, yes. yep Not movies but it's such a big property uh, but they had an adventure line in the in the 10-inch scale uh the hyper articulate spider-man but it was like you could get baseball Spider-Man. You could get fly fishing Spider-Man. Oh, wow. You could get mountain climbing. And, yeah. and they were ridiculous. Like fly fishing came with rubber boots and uh, <laughs> and overalls, yeah. right, came with a fishing pole. Yeah. Right? This was supposed to be a superhero line. It was ridiculous. But so kitschy to look at.
3: Right. Interesting. Cool, cool, cool.
1: So the 10-inch the is what you're drawn to. What are the – give me the top three standout figures across the whole Toy Biz line that are your favourites.
2: Uh, okay. I would have to say just off the top of my head, uh, Archangel in the 10-inch scale, really delicate wings because all it is is just two little points that, that go in his back. But just the way he looks, um, that face is that – that is – it's stunning. It is so good how it, how it looks. Um
3: And they wouldn't shine away from that colour scheme either. Like I'm imagining what he looks like now. He would be, you'd have to wear sunglasses to look at him.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's that that traditional uh, purple on blue look. Yep. uh, Not not vac metal wings. Right. uh, Blonde hair. Uh, They use that mould all over the place. It's it's the Archangel 2 from the 95 assortment. Although, you can see the difference between the 5-inch and the 10-inch because the 5-inch has rubbery wings, and these ones have hard plastic wings. The 5-inch the, the has a gimmick where the wings move. The 10-inch obviously doesn't do that. They, they did away with the gimmicks. Yep. Uh, so, so, he's definitely on that list. Um, I'm going to go a little bit out of the box, and I would actually say um, Xena Warrior Princess. Oh. And I say that because... Um, Part of the Toy Biz collection, but Xena becomes uh She-Hawk in the 10-inch scale. Get uh, out. <laughs>
1: there you go. Only- wow. No. Uh there's
2: there's um there's a uh, Rogue, and Rogue gets redone as Polaris and as Jean Gray and Mystique, and then there's uh, um, She-Hawk. And but that sculpt is 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 amazing. Uh, and it's too bad they didn't use it more. It would have been not perfect as a as a Sioux Storm, but certainly certainly could have been uh, imagined in that way.
3: I, well, I uh, saw a, a retro Xena the other day, and it had a rooted hair. This one doesn't have rooted hair. It's got, actually got plastic hair, or yeah, am so, I?
2: So Xena transitioned, right? Yeah. So Xena went from five- and six-inch plastic action figures and a couple of couple of 10-inch figures, right. and then it moved into the more Barbie with the rooted hair and the cloth goods yep.
3: um, yeah.
2: towards,
3: I think, 97. Okay, right. That's the one that, uh, yeah, some of the guys bought for Casey uh, when they were down here a uh, couple of weekends ago. So that's the one I'm thinking of. So it's interesting to hear the differential because I couldn't imagine them doing rooted hair for the Toy Biz line. So that's yeah, interesting. I,
2: I, well, there, there was Mohawk Storm uh yes, and she had yep. root as, yep. as a plastic figure. I right. think Toy Biz saw Xena as a first as a, you know, a collectible for, you know, the predominantly guys market yep. and then transitioned over to uh, let's let's make her a girl's toy. Um the the other one that I would actually point out is uh, the 5 inch warlock uh, from what was supposed to be part of the Fantastic Four line um but ended up getting put on a four pack called uh over Overblast, I think it was a card game, and so um, when when Toy Biz was going through, they started with seven characters in a wave, and then it became six, and then it became five, and then it became four. Some cases three, and um, uh, when they they would they would create seven characters, and they would decide, oh wait, we're going to do a smaller assortment. And they would try and find something to do, either a repaint of it or or uh, or a, an oddity out there, or they just wouldn't release it, right? Yeah. And so, Warlock was supposed to be part of, I want to say, Wave Three of the Fantastic Four. Very simple cape, like just straight Superman style cape. Uh, they they did this overcard um uh collection, so they did a. Uh, a black wash on a Iron Man figure. They gave us a battle damage Spider-Man, I think, uh, a battle damage Wolverine, and this amazing warlock. But they redid the cape, and the cape is more um, spirally, has a life of its own. I've never seen a cape quite like it. Right. It's, just, okay. it's just amazing.
1: Yep. Interesting. Mate, I think you have just answered one of my questions that have bugged me for the last 18 months as I continually search for an Adam Warlock on Fantastic Four card back. You're telling me it doesn't exist?
2: It doesn't exist. Oh, it's no.
1: Good. I've wasted so much of my so, life so searching eBay. Me,
2: so
3: let me just get gather what this is. So it was advertised but never released. Is that what you're you trying to say or it was hinted no, towards?
2: It's, yes and no. So it was advertised as part of, again, I think part of Wave 3. Yep. They decided they were going to cut the number of figures coming out yep. from seven to six. Warlock was the one they dropped. It, I, it makes no sense because I think they kept Atuma, yeah, uh, which is a fine figure, but not Warlock. And then they decided they were going to put it out there somehow. So they just—it's just, it's just a, a, a one-off line of, um, of of cards, of carded figures, and. Uh, it's the only unique character that came out. Everything else is a straight repaint, um, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's striking. Um, Scotty, I I put it with my Fantastic Four. So when I when I when that line is displayed, it's still there, even though the the box art doesn't match. Um, Fantastic Four was a little strange like that. Um, the other thing you might be aware of is that there are two versions of Sue Storm and two versions of of, uh, Johnny Storm. Correct. I see we're having somebody join us. Yes,
3: so uh, Trent's trying to dial in. Just keep talking. He's just trying to uh, connect to audio and things. So They
2: they were going to do a a Translucent Sue Storm and a Flame On Johnny Storm. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, they decided to release a second version of each. Um, So they repainted the Spider Woman from... Iron Man as Sue Storm in in her in her traditional outfit. Correct. And for some reason, they took a Silver Surfer. Yes. Uh, and repainted him glow in the dark. And so this this line that was only supposed to have there were sort this wave that was only supposed to have seven characters has unofficially added a, a an an eight. So um, so the line is you know truncated in some ways and expanded in others.
3: Nice, nice. All right, we've got a guest in the room, Trent. If you have got your audio rocking,
0: I'm hoping so. Yes, yes. Is it I think
3: we've got two of you. Hang on, let me get rid of the other one.
1: Uh,
0: did I join? I might have joined two Sky Star channels. channels.
1: Two Trents okay. for the price of one. <laughs> right, so Trent's
0: we just we just, just comes <laughs> twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, so let's get down to the nuts and bolts. What we're actually here for tonight, Colin, we're going to talk about specifically our two favorite toy lines in the Marvel Toy Biz universe. And that's being the Fantastic Four and the Iron Man waves. Mate, let's right. let's let's get into it. Let's start with the Fantastic Four. Amazing card art, wonderful representation of figures. We had figures released here that we've never seen before anywhere else in the in the marvel legends lineups and how exciting are these guys to find and when you're searching for them be it at toy fairs eBay when you come across them how awesome are these the, the fantastic 4 figures
2: <laughs> they're 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 really cool they're really cool looking figures and and one of the things we haven't talked about is that um, for the Fantastic Four, they've got those rounded uh, plastic um, uh, cards. Yes. The cards themselves are a standard rectangle, but the plastic that holds them in place is rounded, uh, which is, I think, unique. Again, unique art, card art on all of them. And, and again, like, you don't see Gorgon every once in a while, you don't see uh, Atuma or
1: Dragon Man.
2: Namor. The yep. Namor that they put out yep. is just amazing. Um uh,
1: The Wizard. We've never uh, seen another version of the Wizard come true. Nobody through. says wizard anymore. No,
2: you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Psychoman, one of my favorite um one of my favorite Marvel villains. Uh big Micronauts fan. He was he was important in that. This is the only rendering of him up until Marvel Legends. Mm-hmm. And he comes on this little base that uh, you spin the bass and it says love, hate, feel, yeah. right? Like just, just awesome. Um, <laughs> Flasher, um, uh, Ben Grimm with his. Oh with his yes. Undercover. <laughs> but he's chunky and he, he feels like he, he feels like he's got some weight to him, some F to him. Um, you Ooh. know, uh, he didn't make the top three, but he he would certainly make the top ten. The the ten inch version of of, uh, of Ben Grimm is is amazing.
3: So we, um, so we we've talked about it already, but uh, is uh, the re release that uh, now Hasbro are putting out the, through their Marvel Legends? Uh, what do they call them? Retro line in the um, throwback mm-hmm. packaging. Is that something that you collect, Colin, or you're all about the vintage, or you know you just admire it from afar and? I don't need that in my collection, or is that something you have to have?
2: I've had to restrain myself. Uh, I I wanted to buy all of the the Fantastic Four, the retro-carded Ghost Rider, the few retro-carded Iron Man figures that are out there, but space is at a premium in this house. Yep. And if I had more space, I would do it. It becomes even harder when when they drop in price, right? That line mm. was not as popular as they'd expected. You can find them for $20 instead of $30 in Canada at Toys R Us and it is, and so you've got Dr. Doom on a card, right? Like it's it's, it's really hard not to go down that path, but I've got the vintage ones and um, it, it just wouldn't be the same because there wouldn't be the same volume of them, right? True. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: all right just wrapping up the fantastic four favorite favorite figure from that wave go well
2: obviously adam warlock even though he's not officially there if i had to pick somebody that was actually released i would say namor
1: yeah okay okay um i I particularly like the mole man from that from that uh series that came through with a little Moloid off to the side I, I, I think maybe we've had one more version of Mole Man come through in a Marvel Legends, but he, he pops on that card. Nice green vest, uh, sorry, jumpsuit with the, the dark green cape behind him. He's an excellent-looking figure on card. Uh, let's quickly go through the Iron Man. Yep. Again, another amazing card art that, sort of lavender or pinkish sort of hue they used in the background as the backdrop for their work, really, really pops, really makes those figures jump off the shelf, doesn't it?
2: It does. And, and Iron Man, they went a different way. So there are four waves, and the, the card art is all focused around the, the particular Iron Man figure for that wave. And so you get the same Iron Man on each one, um, but he's in, so it's a different color one. So in terms of the way it looks displayed, it looks very uniform. It's, it's, it's an OCD collectors. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, I love
1: it. Yep. And,
2: and they, and they come with these little tiny hard plastic, uh, tech cards. They, they're, they they're like IDs that you clip to your shirt. Uh, that was really unique for the time as well. Um, and again, a bunch of characters they've never done since like back, backlash um uh you know the, the, there's obviously the mandarin in there there's modok there's uh a gray gargoyle is in there yep um, uh, there was a us agent that was very much like the um the warlock that was supposed to be part of the way was cut somebody at toy biz decided they were going to allow it to be released in europe um in at the time when you could get a toy biz figure for about 10 bucks at a at a at a Toys R Us in the states, uh, U.S. agent was going for something like sixty bucks.
3: Wow. Six okay. Bucks. And and the, you know this is someone who doesn't really collect it but ad- admires it from afar. I like how the Iron Man you sort of can de um you know armor him and then armor him up with all his extra pieces and things. I thought that was really cool and a fun playability factor uh, that added into the collectiveness of that toy line, but good luck trying to find those figures now complete, loose oh, and complete, loose. you know, yeah. you almost need to spend that extra couple of bucks and buy them carded so that you're not missing his shin pads or something mm. random like that.
2: But the other thing too, is that all the armor was modular across. So if you oh. had basic Man and you had the okay. Arctic iron armor, you could armor them up that way, which was kind of neat.
3: Right. Uh, I did not know that. Interesting. Cool.
2: Yeah. Um, that that line, uh, there there was a, a fifth a fifth wave. I've always wanted to get it. Uh, prototypes are out there, prohibitively expensive, but but really really nice stuff. Just and, and again, you had vac metal uh, finishes on them. Um, we were talking earlier about uh, the influence of cartoons in terms of the marketing. Yes, yep. Comic books were a marketing, like I talked about in, in Ghost Rider. Iron Man was sort of a fusion of the two because. Force Works was a big thing at the time. They were trying to redo Iron Man at the time. There were a lot of crossovers in the comic books of the two. And and you had the cartoon going as well. But the cartoon was really influenced by the Force Works. And so, you know, you have this Iron Man line. It doesn't have a Captain America. It doesn't have a Thor. But it's got a Spider-Woman, right? Because she was part of the uh, the the cartoon and the Force Works comics. So Interesting. It's... It's, it's interesting from the perspective of uh, looking at a toy line as what was representative of Marvel at that time, as opposed to uh, a broadly speaking, uh, you know, Captain America, Thor, yep. and Spider-Man.
3: yeah. So Trent, we might flip it over to you. You've come in on the end of this sort of conversation and heard, uh, you know, the Fantastic Four and a bit of the Iron Man and things. Have you got anything to say maybe, you know, in general about those two lines or maybe a bit even more about the X-Men or the, you know, Avengers or something like that that you weigh in on that you suits your collecting habits and things?
0: Well, I sort of missed a lot of these lines when they came out, I think, what year what are we talking? We're sort of talking mm-hmm. 90s, aren't we? 94 to sort
3: 94, of, yeah, yeah, onwards, yeah, for about. Yeah,
0: so this was probably in that that gap. I mean, it was a very small gap where I didn't get into toys, but it was probably that time. So I missed a lot of this stuff, but I've gone back, and I know through Scott's collection, have admired certainly Fantastic Four and gone back and had a bit of a look around at those, you know, like you said, the Iron Man, there's Ghost Rider and, and a whole heap, and it's all pre that you know MCU you making it big and getting out there. Um, well, Pre-Marvel so,
3: Legends, yeah.
0: Yeah, pre-Marvel Legends, like it's and and it's in that like it does have a quaintness to the style. Um my, my probably where I got into as you pointed out Ben was more the X-Men. Like X-Men was what I loved like the the cartoon. It was right at the tail end of I guess my you know when, when I was getting too old for toys and I didn't have any of the, the toybees figures. Um but Recently, have gone back and collected the basically those. Who's oh, there? there's Frank. We've it's got a, Frank. Showing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey guys, so <laughs> I randomly drop in. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fantastic. Um, but yeah, for me, when I went back and said, "Well, what am I going to collect from this era?" It was it was the Toy Biz uh, X Men figures, and and you have to admit, compared to what I think Toy Biz were doing, a bit. A bit later on with their Marvel figures, the the X Men aren't great. Like they're sort of the foray, they're finding their feet. They're sort of working. They've they've had the Batman license, they've lost the Batman license, and some of the action features there is absolutely bizarre. Some don't work very well, but I think they refined it certainly into the um, some of those other lines that you've talked about, Colin. So um, I'm I'm envious. I'm envious. I love them. I'm very envious of Scott, your collection, but um, again, space. (laughs) You can only do so much. You
3: live
1: vicariously. Yeah. Exactly, exactly.
3: So in wrapping up this whole Toy Biz chat, anything else, any parting words, Colin? I'd, I'd love to touch on the new Flash slash Batman film. So if we've got a two-minute pitch on that before we uh, end this episode. So is there anything else on the Toy Biz line that, you'd, you know, we haven't sort of talked about that you feel 100%
1: necessary to say?
2: I would actually like to hear what, what Scotty's top three are from, from Toy Biz in that era.
1: My top three from Toy Boos. Okay, so that's pretty simple. Doctor Doom, hundred yeah. uh, percent. Mole Man, as I said, uh, and from the Iron Man wave, Modok is the standout oh, yes. character. Um, so- far superior to the Marvel Legends iterations yeah. of Modok. He is so charming and so wonderful as a as a huge bulbous figure on that card art. I don't know how that card and plastic has melted together for 30 years with so much plastic entombed on, on cardboard and plastic. It's insane. Yep.
2: So it's so hard to find one in perfect condition. Mine certainly is not because it's it's twice as thick as a regular card. and mm. so It's always been bashed around. So it's very easy to find cracked and, and, and dinged and whatnot. But, oh, so good.
3: Cool. So good. Cool
2: with the toy power.
3: I'm really keen to talk about The Flash all right and this is a very spoiler free review uh some of us in the room unfortunately haven't seen it so um we're just a quick high end 2 minute chat maximum each uh on uh, the the Flash film so uh, I'll start I'll kick it off um we went and saw it with a group it was fantastic to uh, go and see it uh, you know, as a group instead of just sort of by yourself. Um, I, I stayed away from spoilers and things and uh, and stayed away from watching all the recent trailers and things. So there's a lead up to the, you know, and this is not a spoiler or anything, there's a lead up in the where they're going to reveal um, Supergirl and stuff and to the point where I had forgotten that Supergirl was in it. I was all, you know, ready to see Superman and then bang, Supergirl comes onto the screen and it's like, oh, oh, this is cool, you know, we've got... That That surprised me a little bit because I'd um, genuinely uh, forgotten. Um, I have to say Michael Keaton owns the film. I think this would be a complete disastrous film if they didn't have the backing of 89 Batman, and I say that in air quotation marks, uh, you know, behind this film. He absolutely is the star player of the film. Uh, great to see DC uh, play in the role of some humour uh, and genuine humour. I thought they did that quite well. Um, Ezra Miller wasn't terrible in it. I, he was, um, you know, I, he uh, he's painted so bad in the media and things, and I was worried it would translate into his acting. But he was okay. Uh, I hope, but I, again, I hope that's sort of the last time we see him. Some absolutely fantastic cameos in the in the film. I'm not going to give that away, uh, but I worry anyone sort of under 25 that's not a huge movie buff by that age isn't going to understand half the cameos and things, or not understand the the grander you know oh my gosh factor. Look who's in it, um, you know wow factor. That it's just going to fly over their head and they will not appreciate it for what it is, uh, which is you know sort of unfortunate. Um, and in ending, we can't help but when there's, we're talking multiverses and things, we can't help but not compare them to, um, you know, other franchises that are doing multiverses at the moment. And, of course, it's DC versus Marvel again. And I have to say Marvel do it far superior. Uh, they've, Marvel just has so much more heart in them. Like you you get fully emotional in seeing a Marvel film, I didn't have those same emotions walking out of uh, the Flash film. So I'll leave it on that. But, yeah, definitely highly recommend anyone on the fence to see it. Definitely go and see it. It is a good popcorn film um, and uh, you want to see it before it gets spoiled for you, especially some of those cameos and those Easter eggs and things in the film. Um, they, You know, it would be a different film if you knew all of them pre-seeing it.
1: Any feedback, Trent?
0: Oh, I've got a lot of feedback. I'll try and keep it spoiler free. Please. But th- there's, you know, Ben alluded to it. Michael Keaton in this film is the absolute standout. And those sequences that he was in, there are a couple. There's some that, that are shown on the trailer. There's essentially a sequence where he flies down and he's getting shot at with machine guns and he unfurls the, the bat cape. And it, that is just golden that we've been able to get Keaton almost a sequel to Batman Returns, you know, on screen, absolutely amazing. But if it wasn't for that, I think this film would be an absolute mess and 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 parts of it are an absolute mess. The nostalgia that Keaton gave me was not only a nostalgia for Keaton as Batman, but for Tim Burton doing yes. films on actual sets with Mate paintings, with actual acting, right? There was a nostalgia for that, and this film does not. This film is a CG mess. It is some of the worst CG I've seen put to the film. There's a sequence at the start, and and I almost, I, I I just couldn't understand the tone they were going for with a particular rescue sequence. Right very early on, it was it was almost set up. It was so cheesy. It, it reminded me of sort of that Wonder Woman. Uh, 80, 84. 80, 80, 80 or 84. Yeah. you know it just reminded me of the cheesiness of that opening sequence, and I'm like, what, what is happening? Because this is this is going to be potentially an absolute disaster of the film. Um, there were the core of it was great, but the execution wasn't wasn't perfect. Um, it, it oh my goodness, some of the some of the CG. I, I wonder how much of this was Affleck, how much of it was like a CG Affleck. Um, I reckon that opening sequence of him on a bike, there was no athlete. There was no real actor riding on that bike. There mm. was just a CG puppet, and it showed like it, it. It lacked, like Ben, you said, like heart, lacked emotional heart. But it lacked kind of filmmaking heart to me. it. Just like it was slapped <laughs> together yep. out of a, a cheap video game cutscene really detracted a lot of this for me. It was um, early
3: 2000s TV at its at, at, it at its TV, peak. Yeah. You know, it's uh, certainly not what the grand the de- resistance that we're used to now, e- even on yeah. the TV screen. Uh, and, uh, that, I've that, seen yeah.
0: way better TV shows, yep. you know, TV shows that have fast, A like Game of Thrones. I mean, Game of Thrones looks, you know, 10 out of 10 compared to this. I mean, this, you know, the joke was always that the Flash TV series was... Was cheap and it was a tv series but the irony is that this movie cg is probably on par with, with the later seasons of the flash yeah, wow. so look it, it was keaton brilliant there were there were some absolutely brilliant moments in this film i love supergirl i thought you know for what she had she was so powerful and so stoic and so strong it was really lovely to see supergirl on the screen um and i and i didn't mind miller i didn't mind miller i mean it, probably not spoilers, but Miller acts with Miller. I mean, he, he does a lot of interaction with himself and you really can tell the difference between the two Barrys. They're, they're totally, they're really well played. I think he's annoying and I, I don't really like him and I, I don't think he was the best casting choice for Flash. But in this film with the script he had, I think he put it off to you Ben, like he, he did a good job. I, I don't find him... He's not my Barry. Like he's no just, way. No Barry is, is is funny and also sort of charming, but he's just sort of annoying and and painful and awkward. And and maybe that's how they want to cast him. But to me, it's not Barry. But I think Ezra, the duality, did a really good job of playing it. So look, it, it's a fun film. Go see it. If you love eighty nine Batman, you're gonna you're gonna get something out of it. But as a film, like if I was a film critic reviewing this, I mean it's. it's probably that that scene where michael keaton slaps some pasta on a plate and then dumps a whole lot of sauce i think that's that epitomizes this thing. it's like a hot mess
3: <laughs> yeah 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 colin far away
2: so so you and i ben have, have gone back and forth on this and and if i was doing the traditional out of 19 i would probably give it a 12 um i was invested in it right up until young barry shows up and then i remembered how much i hate ezra miller yeah. <laughs> yep. um I, I take a slightly different take on it i thought that ben affleck was amazing notwithstanding what you said about the cgi-ness of him um i i think i think what ruined that movie for me was that that first arc where you have flash in the, the Snyderverse, uh, with with um, with with uh, uh, Ben Affleck, um, that that was what I, that's where we should be in the DCU right now. We should be having uh, films spinning out of a, out of a, a Justice League, where we have a hopeful Superman, and we have a decent Batman who's not murdering everybody, uh, we have a Flash who's matured a little bit and but has a bit of wit and humor. Um, I, I kind of want to see that universe. And so I want to see that movie continue as opposed to a bunch of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. Um, there, were, there were some stuff that I loved in there. There were, there were some great moments with Keaton. My my two favorites were in fact the, the, the pasta scene because, and I, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but at one point Keaton explains multiversality. Um, and I've never heard it explained like that before. It makes complete sense. And that was for me really helpful in the film and 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 really, really nice. He brought a real gravitas to it. Um, but like I, I look at Keaton and I look at the two lines from the trailer uh that I that I remember so much. There's the let's get nuts, yes, which yep. felt like he was phoning it in. And then there is try not to die, which I thought was that's Keaton, that's the Batman I remember. I loved Cara Zorel so much. Again, I didn't realize how much I liked Ben Affleck as Batman, but I really liked Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, uh, but and some of the some of the cameos are are really, really fun. But Ben, to your point, like if you're under 30, you got to go back through a database to 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 clue into some of them. And some of the obvious ones weren't there either,
3: which oh, was, so which true. Was... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they—if they, you're going to show that many cameos, there's you're, you're missing out ten to twenty other cameos that should have been there, you know. And uh, that's that's where you start be like, hey, you showed that one, but where's this one? And yeah, um, right. dancing and, around and a bit.
2: At <laughs> one point, and I, again, I don't think this is a spoiler, but you know, the difference between young Barry and Going back into the past, Barry. Um, I, like I think Ezra Miller can act. I just don't like how that early Flash is, where he's just reckless. He's more of a of a of, of a Bart Allen than he is a a, a Barry Allen. Mm. Uh, I, it just feels like it's done for kicks. um And it's not Flashpoint. um yeah. There are elements of Flashpoint in there, but this is not Flashpoint. And I think. Uh, it's kind of a hot mess. Like it makes sense when you look at the whole story, like, Oh, I see how they got there, but I think they probably should have stuck, stuck to something closer to flashpoint than, than what they ended up doing.
3: Mm. Yep. Good call.
1: All right. I think we'll wrap up with that. Thank you everybody for listening. Yes. Thank you for joining us for another episode of toy power podcast. Big shout out to all our listeners. Thank you to all our patrons for all your discussion on our Discord. And until next time, we'll see you around the toy aisles.
3: And until next
0: time, good journey! You can find the Toy Power Team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome.